What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Positivity Blueprint. I am joined today by the very esteemed Lily Riley and her coach, Brandon Greco from Brisbane. Thank you guys so much for joining me. No, thank you for having us, man. Thanks for having Absolute us. Absolute pleasure. Oh, now, first things first, uh, Lily, we want to get a bit of a breakdown um, on your history and then Brandon, I'll get you to go afterwards and give us a bit of a breakdown uh, into your background, obviously as a coach and how long you've known Lily and stuff like that. I'll let you guys go. Yeah. So I'm a powerlifter in Brisbane um, and a strength coach here. Um, I train under Epic Coaching, so obviously with Brandon. Um I've been powerlifting for seven years now, and I'm now at an elite level, about to do another competition soon. Sweet. Excellent. Um, <laughs> you're nailing this. You're nailing this. You're real worried about it. And I'm just like, oh, he's a pro. Still worried. <laughs> um, my name is Brandon Greco, for those listening, and I am owner-operator of Epic Coaching and have been doing that now for seven years. Been a coach for 10. I've known Lily for since... 2017 i've uh, been coaching working with her since then as well so yeah it's a excellent brief, it's a very brief one so I, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's good that's good man so the first thing i guess kind of like the organic question that kind of stems from that is what like, how did you get into powerlifting as a particular modality of lifting lil yeah so i started power, i started weight training when i was 15 um and that was mostly to um feed off all the sports that i was playing at the time um, yep. I was playing a lot of sports. I was doing a lot of track and field, rugby league, netball, touch football, pretty much everything. So I started weight training to kind of aid everything else that I was doing. Um, yeah, and then cool. kind of just picked up from there, noticed that I was really strong. And then, yeah, when I was 19, I did my first powerlifting meet and just haven't stopped since. Yeah, Jesus, that's awesome. So so you did 40, four years of training before your first competition. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And was that with a coach or was that just you kind of just going to the gym and lifting heavy shit? Yeah, basically, basically just going by myself. Um, I did get a personal yep. trainer when I first signed up, like as you usually get like an introductory type of thing. Yeah. Kind of just followed the basic program and then I like when I first started, it was just really basic. I just probably did 15 reps on every single machine in the gym as you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I started and then, yeah, just progressively worked into the free weight room and yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What about yourself, Brian? How long have you been sort of uh, coaching and training yourself? Uh, I've been training uh, since grade nine of high school. So that 14 then, and it was all again, similar to little aimed at playing, uh, you know, to aiding the sport that I was playing. So I was playing some really high-level schoolboy rugby union at the time and rugby league. And um, once I left school, I gave that up to pursue a teaching career that didn't take off because I realized I didn't like uni. And yeah, studying fair enough. textbooks <laughs> and studying wasn't for me. Um, at the time, I did actually do my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness to get into uni as I didn't opt for an OP pathway back then. Uh, now... Down the track, one thing kind of led to another. Like I started training and I did that typical sort of bro split that you see with bodybuilders and then yep. started to, as I, I got to work with, sorry, in the supplement industry and I met some really high level um, educators within the fitness industry. Some so, so some guys that had won, you know, Australian of the year for their contribu- contribution to the fitness world. Um, and they introduced, sorry, they showed me how to actually train. They showed me how to squat. They showed me how to bench. They showed me how to deadlift. Met yeah, this wow. bloke who was a powerlifter, and he kind of 
uh, lack of a better term, took me under his wing and things just went from there and did my first comp in 2014. And next thing I knew, people were asking if they, you know, if I could help them prep and seven years on, like I'm still doing it and I get to get to come to work every day and, you know, just pretty much yell at people, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> the best part. <laughs> Absolutely. The greatest part of the, of the gig, 100%. Yeah. It's a very it's a very cathartic career, I find. You can come yeah. to work it in any very, mood. very, very much is. I'm having a bad day. <laughs> you're getting a max squad and I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> Good shit, man. Um, so... After that time, so Lily, you were 2019, first competition. When did you, were you in Brisbane at the time or were you still here in Bundy? Uh, so, yeah, 2014 was the first comp. Um, 2014, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yep, yeah, so I was still, I was still in you Bundy. You were 19, that's right. Yeah, I was 19. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, you got that part right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was still in Bundy in 2014. It was at the end of 2014. And then three or four months later, I moved to Brisbane to start studying to be a personal trainer. Yeah, sweet. And uh, how long after that did you start taking up coaching with Brandon? Um, we met in 2017 when I moved um, gyms to coach out of where Lily works at TTC. And um, yeah, I think about she was just prepping for nationals with another coach. And then after nationals, we kind of sat down and was, she was like, look, I want to do this. Um, I think our first come together was a nationals qualifier in November of that year where Lily broke the squat record and squatted 200 kilos for the first time. As a 22-year-old? Yeah. Time. So Jesus Christ. The, the junior national record, sorry. And then from there, she went to a competition called Pro Raw, which is the one of the biggest competitions, or sorry, the biggest competition in Australia and one of the biggest around the world. So it's in, invitational only, best of the best from not just Australia now, but um, all at the moment, it will be just yeah. Australia, but yeah. um, internationally when we could travel. Um, and that's where Lily really kind of started to shine through. You know, she was destined always to be at that top level. And as soon as she got to that platform, things just started to snowball. And, you know, not to brag for her, but she now boasts a, a 227.5 kilo squat or 500 pounds in the old money. Jesus. Massive 97.5 kilo bench and then pulled 200 kilos for the first time last year. That's fucking monstrous, Lil. Well done. No, it makes me feel like shit. It's like, I feel really good about myself. And then I squat with Lil. I'm like, I feel really shit about myself. Yeah, this is going to be the moment in the podcast where it's like the least motivational for anyone listening right now. Yeah, they're like, giving up now. Fuck. I'm taking up yoga. Fuck this. Um, All right, that's, that's. Obviously, like extremely fucking impressive. Um, would you, I mean, it'd be pretty fair to say that there's a, a definite genetic component to that. Like you're clearly just genetically pretty fucking good at this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I, I started off pretty strong. Um, as yeah. I said, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I said the same thing. It was last week. Last week. <laughs> we did a podcast last <laughs> week. And um, yeah, I was talking to the guys then. And I was saying like when I was 15, when I started training, I just naturally had this mentality that I had to be the best in the gym. So I was always competing against someone who doesn't even know that I'm competing against them. They were, yep. you know, doing something and then I've just got to do one above them. And I just kept doing that and I, till I kind of realized I actually am pretty strong when I'm a 17 year old, 17 to 18 year old squatting 100 kilos at the gym by myself. Like, 
Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So there's definitely a strong element of hyper-competitivism, like hyper-competitiveness yeah. in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. I think just like, like, you know, genetically as well, like you look at Lil, I just refer to her as the thoroughbred, like, you know, <laughs> listen to her talk about her sports playing up or growing up during high school and stuff. Like she was always at the top level. And then when you add in her competitive drive that she just naturally has, like, it's one that... Oh, it's a, it's a formula for a winner. A hundred percent. Like I've been in yeah. this game now for nearly... No, over 10 years and I'm yet to come across someone as determined or stubborn as Lil. Yeah, shit. Good shit, Lil. Fuck. So um, I guess that kind of naturally progresses on to like, I mean, obviously everything was going extremely fucking well when you guys started training together and that. Um, when, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, the, the, the number one reason aside from the fact that Lily's a complete fucking monster is the reason I wanted to get her on the podcast is because Lily has, well, I guess, recently um, beaten cancer, uh, renal cancer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, renal cancer. Yeah. So renal cancer, um, for those talk- listening, is kidney because I had to Google what renal cancer was <laughs> when Lily first told me. I was like, what the fuck is renal cancer? I, I did too. So, yeah, like, <laughs> they told me what I've got and I still had to Google it. It's just like, guys, why are we so technical? Just call it kidney cancer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would have been a weird interaction if you're like oncologist is sitting there telling you what's happening and you're just sitting on your phone and they're just like, you're taking this really well. And it's like, I'm just trying to work out what the fuck's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give me a quick second. Yeah. Fuck. And then it just quickly snaps. That's actually realize. what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Um, yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious to see, like, like, to know in terms of symptoms, how did you sort of like clue onto the fact that something, well, I mean, obviously something was pretty deeply wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it actually, it's hard to say, we didn't really have too many there symptoms. Was zero. Yeah. The only symptom leading into the day where she was told was the fact that when she'd bench, and for those who don't know, powerlifters um, do have an arch in their back, which is completely safe, I'll point out now, um, before someone asks me that it's not. Um, it is completely safe supported, but the only little hint of something was wrong was that she was getting back pain when she benched in the exact spot where your kidney was. Um, yep. but obviously none the wiser, we just thought it was muscular and we would, you know, do some stretching or triggering or stabilized drill and we'd get a response that would be, okay, cool. We can keep training. Um, yeah. nothing other than that would have anyone on to the fact that she was living with a you know a tumor, a, a tumor the size of uh, nearly the size of my fist bigger yeah it was a, like i if anyone's not following lily go to her instagram either uh riley lily or at lily riley coach and there's a post um not not too far down your feed where you've actually got like an, an x-ray or a, sorry an mri a cross section yeah yeah yeah, a CT scan of the actual fucking tumor, and it is sizable to put yeah, it lightly. Yeah, taken up like one side of my body. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it was a good. It was probably like a good thirty percent of your entire abdominal cavity was just yeah. this fucking tumor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely nuts. But yeah, Jesus, so that was the only symptom that we kind of had in training. I definitely felt it a lot more, but it was a pain that you, I don't know, it wasn't that bad to kind of stop me from doing anything. It was just that pain that was there, like I could always feel it kind of in my stomach, kind of in my back, but I was like, I don't know what it is. It could be like cramping, I don't know, but it it was just never enough pain to kind of stop me. And I was that deep in prep that things like that didn't matter. I thought it could be a bit more fatigue or yeah, I don't know. 
Well, you weren't like, going to let yourself get distracted by a little sort of random pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't yeah. enough to stop you. Um, yeah, 100%. Then, yeah, and then the other symptoms I had, every now and then I had, I was urinating blood. And I know I talked to a lot of people about this. Now I feel really, really stupid for – that's something – that's red flags right there. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typically <laughs> Everyone speaking, listening yeah. to this is like, yeah, no, I see where you went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it was probably like a month before I was diagnosed. Um, I was urinating blood. I rang my mum, who is a nurse, and she just suggested I probably have like a UTI. So yeah. I just went down to the supermarket and got some urals. Ural sachets. Yep, yeah. Yep. So kind of just treated myself. Um, a couple of days later, it was completely clear. So I was like, okay, cool. That that's it. Must have worked. That right. must have worked. Um, but it did something. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing was. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was basically it up until I was actually in hospital. Yeah. Didn't really hit. Jesus. Yeah. So I actually didn't actually go to hospital until the day before my competition. Um, and I think what actually spiked it is because I dehydrated myself to make weight for the competition. So when I had like a really dehydrated kidney and whatnot, that is kind of what set it off. That's what brought on like the pain. Um, the fevers, everything like that. And that's why I had to get Well, I'm, I'm guessing the dehydration would have just like sort of amplified the symptoms. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So kind of, it's sort of a blessing in disguise that I did the, the water cut. The competition at that time, yeah. Yeah, only because if I maybe if I didn't dehydrate my kidney, would I still be here today, you know, with that tumour? I don't know. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So when, like when you got admitted into hospital, they, I imagine, would have run bloods straight away and <laughs> urines and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, they did. But um, I was getting treated for a UTI. <laughs> so exactly, oh, no. yeah. So we did it was probably like 24 hours that I was just getting pumped with antibiotics um, and just painkillers, just trying to manage that. And it wasn't until we had like a couple scans and stuff come back. I think one scan said I just had an enlarged kidney. It, it like yeah. didn't say it was a tumor or a mass or anything like that. It just said it and it was a large kidney. So we just kind of went off that. And then I think it was day three. So the whole, like, so Lily rocked up to weigh in of the competition, which was a Saturday morning. And I looked at her and I was like, you look like fucking shit. What the hell is going on? <laughs> and she's like, oh, just a bit dehydrated. And I was like, all right. And she's like, my back's a bit sore. I was like, okay, well, weigh in, go the fuck home, drink some water and sleep. Yeah. And then I messaged her about four hours later. I'm like, how are you feeling? She goes, oh, I'm not too good. I don't have um, I don't have an appetite. I can't get food in. feel really sick. Vomited when, after I left weigh-in. And I was like, okay. Mind this, you, I'm competing in 24 hours. So this food, whole time. Food is important. Food and drinks important. This yeah. whole time. Yeah, for sure. She's like, I'm going to compete. And I'm like, are you fucking right? Like, you're not. Like, in my head, I'm like, she's done. In her head, she's like, we're fucking going for it. So Jesus. I'm kind of like, I think I ended up messaging her partner. I was like, just take her to fucking hospital. Um, and then she goes up to hospital, gets treated for UTI, gets uh, goes home. Still thinks she's going to compete. Right. And then of course, of course. I wake up Sunday morning, the morning of competition to this message. Um, back in hospital, they're treating me for kidney stones. Yeah. 
um, I'm not competing. And I was like, I knew this 24 hours ago, <laughs> but I'm glad you've come to this conclusion. Um, yeah, it was for more, for more for her benefit than yeah, anybody. Yeah, 100%. So at this stage as well, like the world started to descend into chaos. Melbourne had just been shut down. The competition was supposed to be in Melbourne, but luckily, uh, not luckily, that got cancelled due to the COVID situation and lockdown. And then our gym up here, um, Valhalla Strength, ran a meet under a federation. So the guys who had been training for you know, 16 to 20 X weeks. X amount of time, yeah. Um, could have something to, you know, showcase what they've done. And yep. that competition went ahead and I spent all day here. And again, thinking Lily had kidney stones. And then afterwards I went up to the Prince Charles Hospital where she was and gave her a comp shirt and some flowers that like all our team had gone for her. And um, so, yeah, I think it was about that, that time then uh, well, I was there, her partner and her mum were there and the doctor came in to deliver some news. So I stepped out and we knew straight away that it wasn't good when, you know, her mum came out with tears and um, yeah, you know, her, her partner broke the news to me that it was, uh, they found a, a tumour in her kidney and uh, that, that was a pretty tough pill to swallow. It, I, and I'm saying that from my perspective, like, to hear, you know, one of your best friends, a 25-year-old beautiful girl has got now renal cancer. Yeah. So I went in and sat with Lil when I spoke to the doctor. And for everyone listening, I've got to tell this story on every podcast we do, we do because, like, you know, we're in the industry of strength, but, like, it's chalk and cheese to what happens next. Like, I sit down beside Lil. She has a bit of a teary. And then she just looks at me and goes, they're going to cut it out on Tuesday and I'm going to squat 250 on Wednesday. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, and I mean, in that moment, I 100% knew what real true strength was because here's the most determined woman I've ever met cracking jokes about the fact that she just got diagnosed with a fucking tumor and yeah. everyone around her is crying, but she's just cracking lols like no tomorrow. And I'm fuck. like, what the fuck did I just witness? So, so like on that, had it had it sunk in at that time? Like, we had you like fully kind of digest the news that okay, I've got kidney kidney cancer, or or were you kind of was that sort of like a coping mechanism at the time? Yeah, I don't know. I definitely joking and whatnot is definitely my coping mechanism, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I like I, I guess from the outside perspective as well, like watching in, you know, at that stage, she, you had only been told that it was just a tumor, like they didn't know if it was cancerous or not. Yeah. Till like whether it was benign. Yeah, yeah. yeah until the Tuesday after. Um, they did mention there was a high possibility due to the size and everything they'd seen. But I, you know, she, she had a cry in my arms and stuff, but the whole process, like throughout the whole thing, throughout the surgery, when even shit happened bad throughout her surgery, like she was never sad or depressed. She was never like, I'm not going to ever get through this. Like I, yeah, she wow. would crack jokes and everything, and I'm still like I would go visit her in hospital, and you know she'd lost eight plus kilos from not being able to eat or move, and she'd fourteen, st- 14 kilos. Sorry, I just left off six. Fuck, fuck me. But like, and she's just continue cracking jokes. Like she was the most vibrant person there. Still, like that, and I, that to me personifies Lil in that that light. Like that's her whole personality right there. Yeah, just fucking remorseless and just brutally strong inside out. I know, it's ridiculous. Jesus. Like, I mean, like, there are people, like, 
I mean, obviously in both of our jobs and stuff like that, there are people who will cop like, you know, minor injuries and behave as if it's the end of the world and shit like that. You know, they've got like a, a bad case of tennis elbow and they're basically throwing in the towel and saying, I'm done with training. I'm going to go do something else. And here you are getting given like the worst news a person can get and you're like, yeah, I'm right. I'm good. <laughs> well, I feel like it could have been worse. So, yeah, I just look at the bright side on anything. But not like, by much. <laughs> he's right. Like, like, it's not by much. But, like, even I think it's it's one of those things. Like, experience trumps everything. And the more you expose yourself to challenging situations, the better you can handle, you know, more challenging situations. But, like, you got dealt the worst card possible. And you're still like, ah, it could be better. It could, sorry, it could be worse. Yeah. Like, how do you develop that without... I, yeah, that's I a like, brutal. That's that's a crazy mentality, Lil. I have to be like, like I'm, again, I'm I'm with I'm Team Brandon over here. Like that's yeah. that's crazy <laughs> no, mental strength. No, but literally, how I think about, like, I actually feel more lucky than unlucky because I've got people around me every single day. Like, people die of cancer. People go through. I didn't have to do radiation, um, chemotherapy, anything like that. One of my friends in high school jumped into a pool and now he's like a full quadriplegic. Like things like that, that's shit. And I feel yeah. almost bad for whinging because they've been through so much more worse things than I have. So I'm more lucky than anything in the world. So and it's just sort of like, it's, it's just having this insane level of perspective in the grand yeah, scheme of things. That's 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 it. sort of, yeah. Honestly, it's just perspective on how you look at it. Where did that come from though? Like, cause as I said before, like that usually comes from perspective, like something challenging like this, but you seem to have that beforehand. Like my perspective yeah. changed after fucking, you know, having a gun held to my head over stupid reasons. It's like that experience was like, okay, well, fuck, I'm going to, things could be worse, but that yeah. was a pretty bad situation. Like yeah. you've just always been like this. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer. It's just, that's how I see it. That's fucking insane. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> but like, if, in a good way, in, a in, in the best way, way like, possible, if anyone yeah, can have like that is that is the most. Yeah. Oh, it's it's the one thing that I think if anyone should really covet anything, like yeah, cool, a two hundred kilo squat is fucking amazing, but that mental strength is probably mm-hmm. the most impressive thing. Period. <laughs> because I feel like you could take yeah. away the two hundred kilo squat and you'd be like, I'll get it back. Yeah. And that's that's terrifying. That is fucking terrifying <laughs> for anyone that's ever going to compete against you. The idea that it's like, let's take away all her strength and she'll be like, no, I'll get it back, bitch. Like, yeah. I just want to point out she did. Like, yeah, well, 100%. Like, I mean, the proof is right fucking there. You, you pulled, what, 200 just like a little while ago again. Oh, yeah. No, I did a 210 kilo squat eight months after cancer. Jesus Christ. I know. Who the fuck does that? Oh, wait, Lily does. <laughs> You beat cancer. That's enough. Nah, nah. Let's put up two ten. Let's put up two ten too. Cancer was my warm up. Let's go two ten. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever write a autobiography, that's your title right there. Yeah. Cancer was my warm up. <laughs> I like that. That's actually a really good title. Yeah. I would buy that book. Yeah. I'll only take five percent. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so okay. Let's go through. How long after being diagnosed did you get surgery? Um, I think it was like a week later. So it's actually today, last year, that I was actually given the news that I actually had cancer. Like today. Yeah, wow. So one year from today. Yeah, one year from today. 
Um, God damn, that's good timing on my part. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it was this time last year and I had to FaceTime my whole family in the middle of a pandemic because I couldn't have anyone in the room with me. Yeah. I had to break the news that I had cancer. But all of them acted like they already knew. I think they already told me that I had malignant cells in my urine, but I didn't know what that was. Ah, right. So, <laughs> Throughout this whole process, Lily's just been Googling words. As yeah, because no, the doctor did come in and he's like, hey, unfortunately, we found malignant cells in your urine. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And then it wasn't until I think the next day the doctor came in and she was like, oh, hey, I just want to go over like different treatment options like chemotherapy, radiation, anything like that. This is what we might have to do. Um, yeah. And I'm looking at it like, why are we doing that? Like for a tumor on my kidney? For what? Like, yeah, what? Oh, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then she's like, wait, you've been told you've got cancer. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, come to think of it, like you mentioning that it's exactly a year ago, that does actually, like I remember that exactly because I remember you putting up a post of um, Tyron coming in with a birthday cake into yeah. the hospital because it was yeah. his it's his birthday today yeah yeah um and he came in to celebrate with you with a freddo ice cream cake yeah. <laughs> it was literally yeah. one of the best days like it made a good day su- a bad day such a good day it was yeah yeah it was so it was so good but it was funny because i was Fuck you, Lou, i'm gonna cry soon <laughs> i was like fully passed out i would have been on so many pain medication so much pain, yeah. pain medication and it was the one day that I didn't have any pain. I wasn't sick, anything like that. And Tyron came in and woke me up. And I opened my eyes and I saw this dude standing in front of my face with this bright rainbow like clown wig on. And I just opened my eyes and I was like, what the fuck? I thought of my, I, my first thought was it was like, the hospital organized like a clown to go around and cheer or cheer everyone up. <laughs> so I was going right. to hit this guy because I was like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> and then I kind of like registered, oh, that's Tyron. <laughs> and he had like a whole heap of party hats, some napkins, a little box with the cake in it, little, yeah, plates, knife and uh, like little spoons and stuff. He had the whole setup <laughs> and candles, light up. Yeah. So I guess that kind of answers the question as to like, you know, what your support system was kind of like during this whole thing. Oh, it, I don't think I would have been as headstrong as I was without my support system. Yeah, yeah. that's, it made, it made that's incredible. Absolutely. Wow. Fuck. So post-surgery, um, like you said, you lost 14 kilos. Um, for anyone who doesn't like, I mean, if anyone hasn't already followed Lily or doesn't know Lily, she's already in like incredible shape and conditioning 99% of the time. So for her to lose 14 kilos, it wasn't fat. It was all muscle. Um, how, how did you, like, I mean, your rehab process must've been pretty lengthy considering like the surgery, they had to go through the abdominal wall. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the rehab process like? You probably yeah. Yeah. I you look at me. I got this one. (laughs) This happens every podcast we do. Yeah. When it comes to this. He did it and my physio. Um, so you are correct in saying again, there was more complications because unfortunately when they made the incision through the abdominal wall and through the obliques and abs, they nicked one of her lungs. Um, so she was in the ICU for 48 hours after 
constantly being checked, um, obviously for collapsed lung and made sure her vitals and breathing was was really good. So, like we had to deal with a rehab, you know, of the core through the incision. But then we had to add on that we needed to get her back to a, a cardio conditioning standard that was good enough just to be able to perform daily life. Um, yeah. So we worked very closely with our ex-phys and our team ex-phys um, from start training, Paul Pegler, and he looked after all the, the its and bits. You know, we literally pretty much started back on the ground, legs in the air, legs, sorry, legs on the floor, just learning how to breathe and brace again. Um, yeah. Obviously, for anyone who is within the industry knows that that's becomes, that controls everything we do. And we started there um, and slowly progressed, very slowly progressed um, into some single isolative movements to just activate the core, um, posterior, glutes, as well as hamstrings. Um, and then just, in, again, very gradually incorporated some, uh, what do you call it, compound lifts. And then the whole process literally had to be walking or doing some sort of aerobic capacity um, training as well. And the hardest part about the rehab process was trying to slow Lily down. Like, yeah, I, I, I equate training Lily to like trying to tame a wild Bronco. It just doesn't really happen. You just got to like put constraints around her and then let her get through it. Right. Yeah. So oh, God. But at the end of the day, like she... She did everything we asked of her, and then and then some. Like she, she would do her rehab morning, day, and night if she if she had to. Like and obviously being in lockdown kind of helped as we didn't have any real thing to do. And um, you know we were, not as many not as many distractions, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So she had something to yeah. focus on, which was good, and in a sense, not being able to work and everything like that. Um, but she came good pretty pretty quickly. Like again, due to her competitive nature and just her determination to get back. Like there was no, there was never a day of, oh, I'm not going to get back there. It's just, let's get this done. This is the work I have to do. And to her credit, she did it. And now she, you know, we started to prep for a comp last year. And um, unfortunately we had to pull out in the last week just due to um, kidney levels spiked up really, really high and low. really low, sorry. And we had to then yep. withdraw and the sport does place a greater demand on recovery and just with all the waste product that it is produced obviously with one kidney it doesn't flush out as as uh, as easily uh, yeah as easily now so yeah. we have to be very very careful and a lot of our preps now are very much we're still learning like there's not much education or research done on you know powerlifters coming back from renal cancer and how to prep them so you know we've, we've made adjustments along the way and this preps in a much better spot like lily's probably the strongest she's ever been right now um at the lower end of the percentages of a 1rm and we're deloading every two weeks to allow her to to fully rest and recover and giving her weeks off whenever she feels like she needs ones completely like at the end of the day i think coming with a perspective like yeah you know to squat 227 and a half again would be really cool but we want her to be around for a little bit longer. So health is definitely priority and yeah, hundred percent. We're happy to make adjustments and you know, it's, we're in new territory together. Really. It's like, it is just guess and check work. All right. We did this. How does it feel? How do you feel? What's yeah. your levels like? Cool. Can we push it here? No. Nah. All right. Let's, let's pull it back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. I, I guess on that note, like, I, like the question that sort of popped up is if you guys had to make any uh, like fine-tune adjustments to whether it was like a diet, supplementation, obviously training had to start changing in terms of work intensity and how frequently you might have to take a break. Um, but what about like, a, like food and supplementation? Has that changed too much or has that kind of been about the same? Yeah, it hasn't changed too much. But when I was originally in hospital, like working with the dietitians in the actual hospital, the first thing that they said to me is I have to go on a low protein diet. Um, so yeah, they said shit. that yeah, said that straight away. It was I think it was one point two grams of protein per kilo of body weight, which Okay. Which I was on two point two grams. Yeah. Um and yeah, that's what I found the hardest. And I wasn't going to agree with doing that, being an athlete and all. Um, yeah. So I just outsourced and found a renal dietitian on the Gold Coast, and he also works with um, sports athletes and stuff as well. So I sat down with him and we just organized a plan. And I think it was more so for the education as well, and like what actually happens if I have too much protein, and you know. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, because to me, this is completely new. I don't know what a kidney even does. Like, what does protein do? Like, you know, <laughs> I have no idea. I just do what I'm told. Um, right, so I'm, I'm guessing that the, the, the low-protein diet was obviously to prevent uh, too many ketones passing through your your kidneys and stuff like that and causing it to essentially function poorly yep. and building up waste in your blood. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, the kidney, especially with like looking from a training perspective, it flushes out a lot of the creatinine that we eat uh, or that we produce through training. Um, and then when it comes to diet, like because Lily is an athlete, we've – and her dietitian and her have sat down like, okay, we need a higher protein requirement. Here's our limit. The uh, the trade-off for that is to hit this protein requirement, you can't eat red meat now. So Lily has to right. unfortunately avoid red meat at all costs um, due to the fact that there is a high amount of um, one creatine in red meat that will pass through the yep. kidney. Um, and as we said before, like her kidney doesn't function as optimally anymore. Yeah. So that's the biggest change for her as well. And she can use, I guess, more plant-based um, proteins because it's a little bit obviously easier on the gut as well and through her whole system. Um, yep. Supplementation-wise, nothing's changed. Like, I wouldn't really take any supplements anyway. Um, Lily's very religious with how much she eats and what she eats, so she's very mindful that we can get all the nutrients from there. Yeah. It's just been that adjustment of, you know, and obviously limit alcohol intake, you know, yeah. which doesn't Yeah, yeah, of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, which is just as bad for a person with two kidneys. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are not condoning. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good, yeah. That's yeah, a good, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, good little PSA right there for anyone yeah. listening. But then also my water intake, like six to eight litres is the bare minimum now. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is obviously a lot more. <laughs> That's a fuck ton of water, yeah, considering there are people struggling to get two most days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I, I, like, but I'm always thirsty. I'm like, I'm just always thirsty. So I feel like well, I mean, it like, makes it, it a lot easier. I guess it's very similar to like obviously like like talking from my experience when you guys like first get into lifting and the first thing you read whenever you check out like forums and shit like that is like, yeah, if you want to get into hypertrophy or strength training, you need to be increasing water and food intake. 
And the first few weeks of increasing water, yeah, you probably are pissing a lot more. But after like a, you know, a week or so, your body adapts and starts utilizing the extra water. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm only taking like one piss a day on five liters. What the fuck's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's something like that just to an extreme degree with six to eight liters. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm not like excessively going to the toilet or whatnot. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's, that's scary and impressive at the same yeah, time, yeah. six to eight litres. Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so going forth now, like how long till the next competition? Um, we start prep next week and then we're, yeah, 12 weeks out. 12 weeks out. Is that in Brisbane or is that in Victoria? Yeah, this one's in Brisbane. Brisbane. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Like we're in, um, as I said before, like we're in a really good spot and we have a pretty decent system around how we operate and the training protocols we've we've implemented and it's like you can see the fire's definitely back in lil and you know she's really keen to get to this comp and then the next one and it's gonna be a really cool journey to see and you know obviously she's been documenting it herself through her through her instagram so i do urge people to uh, jump on and follow her because it is just a great fucking story to along the way Oh, 100%. 100%. Lily, Lily posts quality shit. Like, it's not one of those random Insta accounts that just posts bullshit. So, 100%. Um, is it at Riley Lily for your personal account and then at Lily Riley Coach for, the business for, your, one. Yep. for your business account? Yes. Yep. All right. Awesome. I'll make sure I plug them both in the um, Facebook and Instagram post anyway when I promote the podcast. But for sure, if you guys aren't following um, Lily, definitely get onto that and we'll see how she does at comp. Yeah. awesome well i appreciate you guys uh giving me the time today to go through your story and brandon thank you for coming along and helping lily get through the podcast (laughs) (laughs) as always that's what whenever someone asks us i'm like my babysitter has to come with me (laughs) (laughs) it's good like i've been privileged and, and i'm very grateful to you know have played a small part in this journey for lil and be there since you know she's got the news so i feel like sometimes i know the story better than she does absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and he always just makes me sound so much better than what i am (laughs) i I think i think brandon sort of does a better job at at putting down the modesty and being a little more truthful with what exactly happened i think you're just being far too modest with what actually happened that's literally why i also push to come on these things so i'm like i know she'll just get awkward giggle like that and then forget to say like the important shit yeah yeah lily don't forget you're a fucking great person <laughs> no i i cannot thank you guys enough for um for coming on giving us you know the the time of day to to go through your story again i know you're probably getting sick and tired of repeating it over and over again but i genuinely appreciate it and i hope all the listeners do too yeah thank you so much for having me on Man, you guys are very welcome uh thank you guys so so much um we'll catch you guys in the next podcast hopefully we'll have a couple more guests lined up and we'll see you guys then thanks guys